Hi, I'm Bethany Heck, and you're listening to the Master of One podcast. You can find my work at heckhouse.com. Welcome to this Sandbox episode of the Master of One podcast, part two for this week. This week, we talked to co-founder, owner, speaker, and lead designer at Hoodsma Design Co., one half of the Hood Sisters, Amy Hood. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So get your eyes checked if you're seeing double, because this hood's on her own. Just one hood. So for this Sandbox episode, we're excited to talk to somebody who is no stranger to the show. We are talking to one half of the Hood Sisters, co-founder, co-owner, speaker, and lead designer at Hoodsma Design. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Amy Hood to the show. All right. All right. That's that's which one it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I kid you not, you guys, Jen was like, she felt so bad. She's like, Amy, just go as me. Because I I felt so bad that I was the one who was interviewed alone last time. And I'm like, I think they want to talk to you. She's like, just go as me, they'll never know. Just put glasses on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually forgot that we video record them, but um I could have totally done it. But her voice is like a whole octave lower than mine, so I would have been like, hey guys. (laughs) Patrick would have caught on that. Yeah. It's very (laughs) like you have to do like this. It's yeah. So uh like I said, we have uh first of all, welcome back to the show. We're so glad um that you're here you're you're so rad and we just got done seeing you um a few days ago in creative at creative south and um we should say we we had planned on having you and jen on soon but not this soon right um (laughs) and uh um and something fell through with scheduling and you were so gracious and kind as to pick up the baton. And uh, so here you are. And so we're going to do things a little bit different than how we did it the first time. Certainly there will be components where we're asking questions, where we're going to be interviewing, but this isn't going to be just interviewing you. We're going to make this a little bit more of a round table discussion because you have some things that you brought to the table um, that you want to talk about. And we have some things that we want to talk about. So it's going to be a whole sharing thing. So don't, don't, feel like uh, you have to wait for us to ask questions. This is the dialogue uh, for this episode. I love these so much better. I always try to ask interviewers questions, and they're always like, no, 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 back to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's because... You might not like our answers, but we can answer stuff. (laughs) I'd love to to know a reason to hate you, Luke. I don't think there is one. Uh, Shut up. Don't ask them. I have a laminated list. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick has a laminated list in his pocket. (laughs) A laminated list? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. You have to reprint and re-laminate it every time you No, he just laminates it because he sweats so much. It'd be dissolved (laughs) every day. He has to be able to wipe it off. (laughs) No, the Uh, list works in perpetuity because (laughs) there are some things that are just undyingly annoying about Luke, and we know it. Maybe other people haven't learned it yet, so we'll email you the list later. It'll be in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we jump into all that stuff, for for people who are new to the show, uh, because the last time we had you on was about a year ago, um, Dang, right? Yeah, maybe like ten months uh, ten months ago or so. Been a minute. Um, and uh, a lot has changed in your world. A lot has changed in our world since then. So there might be um, some people who are listening to the show who don't. What? <laughs> yep. yep. Um, he shaved his last time, and this right. has grown back. This he is a new from one. Scratch. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, tell everybody who you are. Tell everybody what you do, um, and what Hoodspa is all about. Uh, I'm Amy Hood. I'm one half of Hoodspa. My twin sister and I started a design agency that has kind of morphed more into a branding agency. And we mostly focus on identity and logo work, but we do do some strategy, which is super fun. And um, we work in Newport Beach, California. We're surrounded by water, which is like really idyllic um, on good days. But if a tsunami comes, send a boat. Yeah. Because uh, we're screwed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we do fonts. We do. We have a book coming out called Freelance and Business and stuff. And we're just trying all sorts of stuff. We're having a lot of fun. 
So let's talk about that book for for a, a minute. So we, you got you guys spoke at uh, Creative South, and we didn't get a chance to be in there this year because um, we were podcasting out in the hallway. Um, but does is there a tie from what you talked about in the in your talk at Creative South to the book? I mean, yeah, like basically the book is like everything we've learned in our business so far, because you guys know how it is. Like, I'm sure you get emails all the time. How'd you start your podcast, which led you to do your workshop that you guys are doing now. So we would get constantly asked questions from young designers who wanted to start their own business or wanted to go freelance, but didn't go to school. And they specifically wanted to hear our take on that because we don't have the degree and it's, you know, so it's kind of like a similar struggle. So what we were trying to actually write a conference talk, which is how we ended up writing the book. It was like 120 pages of notes. And we were like, um, this is going to be like a 20 hour talk or we could just put it into a book. So a lot of like our talks are just like little tidbits from the, you know, the book as a whole, which is kind of cool. That's fun. I'm I'm excited to, to see how your personalities in real life, uh, you guys are very energetic. You guys are, are balls of energy and you're a ton of fun. I'm excited to see how that translates to the written page. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so funny. You guys are going to love it. I swear. Are you going to give us any little bit of, because uh, it I seems mean, like there's more to that, but you're like, I'm just going to wait. It's just, it's like, because business books are so dry and even the books that I found really helpful, it's such a trudge to get through. Right. And so, I mean, we, it's kind of like how lynda.com used to be like helpful, but the worst also. Right. And so then when Skillshare came out and you actually got to learn from like Draplin or DKNG and there was that personal like, oh, this is just my friend talking. Like, it's not these big words. Um, so it's very much like that. We were trying to make it a book for the people by the people. Yeah. Nice. Um, Do you read yeah. a lot of business books? You know, I, I, I bought a couple when we first started cause I was so paranoid that we were going to just like screw everything up and <laughs> run it into the ground within a year. And, um, I, I use them more as like a reference manual. I don't mm. read them cover to cover cause they're so long. Sure. And yeah. so that's kind of how we tried to like structure our book to where, it's really quick tidbits of information. There's like little pullouts on the side of a lot of the pages of like really quick info and just really trying to make it like a resource tool. Do you find yourself trying to fight the, I've already read this concept 20 times and I don't want to be saying it again. Like do do you find yourself like mentally trying to avoid those things or write around those things? That is hard. And I wonder how you all do it because like I listen to your podcast and yours really is one of the best ones out there because there's a lot of personality in there without like taking away and like trying to be the star when you guys are interviewing somebody, there's like a really fine balance between that. And there's also a fine balance between like making sure you're not asking the same old boring questions that every other Joe Schmo is asked. Sure. Right. Yeah. So it's like, sure. People want to know who the interviewer is or sure. People want to know the basis of business, but like what is kind of like an unspoken thing that you can just leave out or just skim over mm-hmm. and what yeah. like requires the deep dive. Yeah. It's like a, uh, cause it, it is tough. And I don't know that I have a lot of, I'm very self-conscious about it in that I think I do a very bad job. And so I'm <laughs> like always, um, because it's, I have this rule of thumb that I, I don't ask my first question. The first question is the one that everybody body will think of. So I need to at least like, I can't start asking until at least like my third question or something like that. Um, right. but no, it's, it's, but the problem is that I also recognize that I, or like we collectively probably know a lot more about the average person we talk to than maybe our listener base or some portion of them. So there has to be some of the rehashing, but at the same time, you know, I I don't want to, so I, I've been trying to read business books too, because I, I wanted to do more like i I've been considering like, what does it look like doing more things independently or, or whatever. And I just, it seems like you, you read two or three and you've read all of them. You might as right? well have read 500 of them. And so, um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I get the balance right, but I know that I'm very self-conscious about finding the balance. <laughs> but I know I'm giving myself anxiety over it. Right. So that's uh, oh, good. absolutely. Absolutely. So the interview we were going to do tonight, um, I was doing the exact same thing because the person um, we were going to be talking to before you graciously stepped in is someone that does a ton of interviews. Right? And oh. I was... I was sweating bullets, like trying to prepare and, and like be ready. And I, well, it was because honestly, this person, particularly the first time we talked to them, charged us with asking questions they've never been asked before. Like that. Yes, that was, was like, that I'm was only going to come on your show if you ask me questions I haven't been asked before. Oh, so wow. and, and when yeah. you know, he's been 
they have been <laughs> he he or she has been interviewed by lots he is of the people. Universal gender. I yeah, think the, that's yeah, okay. The, the universal the, the universal he um has been interviewed by tons of people. That's a that's a challenge, that's right? A tall yeah. order. That is a tall order. So I did have a moment of like, oh, okay, I can relax a little bit for tonight. Um until I found out, found out it was you, and then I freaked out again. So no, well, now I'm just guys... back to being anxious. But I had a, a brief moment of feeling great. Right, <laughs> somewhere between. But did you those. guys feel like okay? Like even when I go to conferences, even though I speak, and like a lot of people come up to me and like, well, more now. I used to just be like somebody to fill the roster, but now I feel like more and more people come up to me and say, "Oh, I came for you," and I'm like, "What? Yeah, well, you're crazy." <laughs> but it's. It's interesting because I always try to take note of how they approach me and what I like and what I don't like mm. so that I can use that when I'm trying to meet uh, people. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even though I know how I hate to be approached, I always approach people in that way. Mm. Like when I went up to talk to Bethany Heck, actually, I did a good job with Bethany Heck, I think. she I have been wanting to meet her for a really long time. I yeah. love her work. And um, I was really nervous because I didn't want to be a doofus because she doesn't suffer fools gladly. And I respect that. And so I was like, okay, you got to go in correctly. And, um, and, but I asked her about her biscuit making, which I thought was mm, clever that um, is and a good, bit yeah. new, a bit new of an angle, but I, it's so hard to go up to people that you really admire and be like, uh, say something that's like gonna like be something yeah. bigger than just like, I love your work. Bethany's the, a tough one. And I say this in the, in the most loving way possible. Cause Beth, Bethany, I was like, she's one of my favorite people to see when same. we go to events and, but she's tough because she's an introvert. Is she like very, and and she needs, she can only do so much like being around groups. And so it's hard to like, uh, when you're in an event like this, like uh, you'll catch her sometimes and she really needs to like get away from people. She's like actively trying to retreat and it makes it a little bit tougher. I have a lot of friends like like that. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know how people do it. As I'm an extrovert. I know Andrew, you are too. And it seems like, I mean, it seems like you guys all are to a certain extent. But um, even at, like after Creative South and doing the North Carolina show, I was so drained. Oh, yeah. One night at dinner, I just went for a walk by myself for 30 minutes. I was just like, <laughs> I need some peace and quiet. Yep, like, sure. I love you all, but please, no one follow me. Right. If you follow me, I'll like kick you in the pants. I'll like, just go fast. I'll run faster. So we, we just yeah. talked about this, actually. So um, are you familiar with the love languages? Have you ever read the book, The Love Languages? Okay. I love how people use them as a joke, and it's my favorite thing to say something's my love language because I know nothing about them. Okay, so oh. I'm going to say this not as a joke, but you can laugh at it if you want. <laughs> Just I know laugh. I'll be very sad. Explain it <laughs> yeah. to me. Explain it to no, me. I'm not going to go through the, what the love languages are, but one of the love languages is words of affirmation. Like you feel loved when people affirm you, and you give love by, by praising or affirming other people. That's kind of the basic gist of one of them. Um, I am very much words of affirmation. And, um, we just come off of two solid weeks of people being really, uh, really affirming, really excited to be around us, being very complimentary people, literally signing up to come talk to us. Like these kinds of things fill the heart of just in general. That's weird. It is a weird thing in general, but we can talk about that at a later time. Um, but but uh, people literally lining up to talk to us. That's a weird thing. You being affirmation, but, that's very important. That's feeling, right, for filling me, that spot. Yeah, I, am, I am overflowing with it. Now, here's, the, here's the, the backside of that, the caveat. I come home. Everyone here is fine. No <laughs> one has been a jerk <laughs> no to me. No one needed you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. And nobody has been discouraging or oh, mean hey. to me. But I haven't gotten the extreme other side. And so I'm feeling depressed and to uh, yesterday specifically like i was like had to die you know had to identify okay why am i feeling lethargic why am i feeling lonely why am i feeling all this like it's everything's fine why do i feel so sad the weather is beautiful right. and I, th- I think that's it i think you hit this extreme and i just i went th- i'm going through detox now totally. it's like totally. being drunk on that stuff and i could only imagine so taking the flip the inverse of that um Bethany Heck knows herself well enough to know when she needs to retreat. And fortunately for us, we've, we've for on this trip, for whatever reason, she, she gravitated towards us as a retreat. I think probably because we're, we're comfortable with each other. We're friends with each other. And just like you probably said all of the right things to Bethany, I said all of the wrong things on this. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. I was listening to your guys' interview with Josh and about how you were telling her about how you approached that woman about the old baby t-shirt. I was oh. dying. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's hysterical. I, but yeah, but honestly, that is the most awkward position to be in. But I, 
I mean, if anybody, I don't know. It's Wait, just but, so but, 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 Amy, what are you, what's on your list? So you said you make a mental list of things to not do or do when you meet people. Like what are some of right. those things? Well, it's funny because this is something that I do every time, even though I know I shouldn't just because like you said, Andrew, my, my love language is like words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of like to hear like, I mean, I like when people tell me like, I have to show Jen my work. I have to post it on dribble. I'm always posting to Instagram. Like I kind of need that Mm -hmm. since I'm a freelancer. I need feedback of just like, you're doing good. You're doing okay. Keep going. But I always make the mistake of walking up to someone I'm really admire and then, and then just being like, Oh my gosh, I love your work immediately which immediately puts you in the fan zone sure. and there's nowhere to go from there. Also, it immediately, it's the most conversation killer that you could start with. Just, I love your work. What are they supposed to say? Cool. Thanks. Or right. like, what's, yeah. <laughs> what project did you like? Like you should go in with a specific thing. Like, Oh my gosh, last week I love how you posted that one logo set. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. how is it working with that client? They seem so cool. Like more of a specific thing that gives them a way to start a conversation Cause I noticed that a lot of times people would walk up to me and just be like, Oh my gosh, I love your work. And I'd be like, Oh cool. And then it would just be dead silence. I'd be like, cool, like so where, are you, where are you from? Uh, <laughs> you know, and then it just becomes like small talk, you know, which nobody I, wants small talk. I hate the, uh, not to me, but like I, I have, uh, so I've made the mistake that I should and I'll change. I promise where I've said, <laughs> Hey, I love such and such. And the response I'll get was, yeah, I hated the way that turned out. <laughs> Isn't that so awkward? <laughs> but also, I think it's also there's an onus on the speaker as well because Jen and I have been doing more speaking and we're always shocked, but people at the event there was always come up to us after and be like, thank you so much for walking around and introducing yourself to the crowd and spending time after and like just hanging out. They're like, you know, usually people just come stand on their own and then just leave after, but we'll go up before the talk. And we're just kind of like, we're from Kentucky. So we just figure that's what you're supposed to do is just like, go make friends. And so we'll just like, before the talk, just like walk around and be like, Hey, I'm Amy, what's your name? That kind of thing. But I think it's an onus on the speaker or like, as you guys being podcasters who are there to just like, you have a position of power. Like you should be making friends and making people feel comfortable who are there alone and maybe are an introvert and feeling kind of like uncomfortable. Sure. So on the topic of Creative South, that's the event we just all came off of. What was there a highlight for you during the event? I mean, I, I imagine speaking was, was, uh, at least after the fact, that's kind of a, for me, the workshop was kind of like uh, in the moment, there's a lot of stress to get it right. But yeah. then after the fact, it's like, that was a blast, the best thing ever. But like, totally. But for you, like, what, what was the, the highlight of the event that you walked away with? Gosh, it's so hard to like nail down one uh, thing. You have to though. Right? That's the thing. So some of the perks were, um, let's see, I was sitting in a row with Brian Steely and Amir Ayuni when mm. Bill Gardner was ripping apart all the logos. <laughs> and um, he showed one of Steely's and he showed one of Amir's and we were all just kind of like, oh, like no. scooting down in our seats <laughs> like, what is he going to say, you know? And so just like us all being like, it was just so funny. That's but awesome. um, I really liked his talk and I didn't agree with all of it, but I also just like hearing like a really critical perspective. Mm. Even if I don't agree with it, I love hearing really, really harsh feedback. Mm. Um, not necessarily to my work, <laughs> but just about <laughs> design in general sure. so that I can, you know, just so I can like know what people really hate. What yeah. are some, uh, some design trends? This is, this is totally free form, right? Totally free flowing conversation. Yeah. What are what are some design trends that are happening right now that you are completely on board with? And no, 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 oh, that you're completely on board I with. I like the hate question. Well, Hang we'll on, the wave we'll is going to crest. The wave is going to crest, but I want to start riding the wave, and then I want to see what happens this is on the, the first other time side. You so, used a surfing metaphor. I think you're only doing that's it because for we're talking to Sharisa. That's what yeah. Happened. I'm an Just official one conversation with Josh. I'm 25 percent cooler because I know Josh. I, I mean, didn't own true. that jean jacket till he met that's Josh. A true he hung statistic. out with Josh this weekend. And yeah, <laughs> that is a true statistic. Um, so tell us some of your favorite design trends right now, and then obviously we're going to back it up with some of the ones you hate, guys. Okay. Come on, we'll get. But there. you guys also have to say what you hate because I love hearing oh, it. Oh, gladly, okay. I have a list. Okay, my biggest hate right now is that Taco Bell design. Not Taco Bell specifically, but remember '80s Taco Bell with all of like the geometric shapes yes. floating. Yes. That is yes. my least favorite design style right now is like really? 80s Taco Bell. Okay. I'm okay. like, ugh. So the Max. Yeah. Like from uh, Say by, by the Bell. Bell the Max. Like yes. The, the Say by the Bell graphics. Yes. That, yeah. that specifically. Okay. I'm like, I get that's it. That's pretty What's, prevalent. That's, uh, that's a good what, one. What's so something prevalent. you like? Do you think it's lazy? Okay. 
something I like. I've been liking, and I don't know how to do it, which is like maybe why I like it so much, but I love all the 3D motion that I'm seeing, like Devin Coe's class, um, 3D for designers. Everyone is taking it, and Jen's also taking it, but everyone's been posting their work on Twitter, and it's so cool to see. Like, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. And then what, another, what is it about that? I don't know. It's just so different. It's so new. Like, we've all been doing the kind of like, like flat retro thing for a very long time, which is definitely something that I love, but it's, this is so different than what I'm used to. And I, and it's not cheesy eighties. It's very new. It's very interesting, but I love it. It's so cool. Okay. Wait, wait, I want to go back real quick. So for all the, the geometric shapes floating in space, I, what do you hate about it other than just the, the aesthetic? I think it's like, I don't know. It's like, they're trying too hard to be like, we're having fun or like, we don't care or, I don't know what I hate about it, but it just reminds me of Taco Bell in the eighties. Maybe it's like a thing about my youth that I'm like suppressing. Like, <laughs> what do you think? There's probably something deeper. Cause really there's nothing to hate about it. It's, it's pretty shapes and pretty colors. Sure. I, I am to the point that I think it's lazy. So I, I have, do. okay, a, I do. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm on the web design side and uh, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty tired of, of flat minimalistic in general because I think it has gone from being uh, more in, an intentional stylistic choice to being the lazy choice, to being the easy way out. And uh, totally. I, so I'm wanting things with more motion, things with more depth, things that are more, um, I guess, visually interesting. Uh, I'm just kind of sick of all the, the blank open space and minimalistic. What I love, and I'm sure this is not on anyone's list, but this is because I'm a sucker, um, the OutRun... Uh, Miami, whatever thing, the purples and pinks and oh, retro. Oh, like James White, like Signal Noise. Uh, I, yes, I think James White is the. Let me see if that's who I'm thinking of. Remember, I'm not the designer, so I have to look this stuff up. Right, because you're a developer, right? Yeah, I'm a developer. I am. Yes, exactly. Signal Noise, okay. that kind of stuff. I'm so. Yes, he did the Blood Dragon. Um. Dude, I'm so you on gotta, board with that right now. He does a Twitch stream and he's so funny and fun and he talks to everybody. You should watch his Twitch stream. He's really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to put that on my list right now. I'm going to add it to my laminated list while we're talking. <laughs> hey, do you, okay, know, do you know who he has? He keeps a pocket laminator with him at all times. <laughs> um, Love it. Do you know, uh, uh, Patrick, Art by Colin, Colin, who yeah. we, who, yeah, in the community, he does work that right in that same vein. His stuff's all over the place then because I've also he's doing a lot of like heavy texture stuff right now. Like um, he's doing compositions with like the shapes are kind of slightly odd or slightly exaggerated, but each of them have like really heavy texture. Yeah, Um, but I'll I'll go look through and look for this stuff. But yes, I'm a total sucker for this right now. And I think all the the simple flat whatever web design is at this point is lazy. Uh, Andrew and Luke, what do y'all have on y'all's list? Take it, Luke. Uh, man, this is not a good one for me. I, so. Cause you love everything. Right. I love everything. You're the forever optimist. Forever optimist. <laughs> no, I think, I don't know. I'm sick of simple, I guess. I don't know. Like I like seeing more things going on, but they have to fit. I don't know how, to, I don't know if that makes sense. Like minimalism. Yeah, I don't like minimalism, I guess. I'm, I'm over it. Like it had its place and it's fine, but like just add better stuff and add more. Um, what I like is in photography that you're seeing a lot more like color, like color gels in lights and that's gives cool effect to photography and like the cover of moonlight. Yes, exactly. Just like the cover of moonlight. Oh, that's so killer. Yeah. Also that movie. So good. It's a great movie. Love it. Uh, but so, that stuff is not done enough. Like it was, I mean, that's old. That's like retro now. Right. Yeah. And it's coming back and I love it. So I think for me, the, the thing that I was into for a long time and it's, and, um, I actually still do like minimalism. I think that there's a place for it and flat design works if you do it right. Um, I think somebody who's doing flat design and doing it right is Michael Fugozo. Yeah. Fugosi. Um, I can't remember is, is how you pronounce his last name, but we met him at, at uh, we met him at uh, crop. crop last <laughs> week or two weeks ago, and his work is killer. It's flat, but he adds texture and drop shadow just enough to make it look like it's a diorama, like it's a paper craft. Oh, cool. That sounds um, cool. If you've not seen his stuff, do, what is his thing, Luke? What's his... Uh, 
Gosh. Uh, Fugstrader. We can edit this in. Fugstrader. Fugstrader. Like Illustrator and Fugoso mixed together. Oh, yeah, that's that so cool. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that- I like that. I think that's minimalism, but it's done with an eye. Yeah, I think, with, with- yeah, I guess what I was saying is just add depth to it. Add something more to it. Right. And some, something that I also love is that I, I'm loving this minimalism. more and more. Te- so te- teach me something right now. What, what makes this minimalism? I think it's, it's- maximalist. I love maximalist. <laughs> I think, I, I'm not saying this is minimalism. I'm saying that this is flat design mm. that they've added. He's added, he's added, um, texture and, and drop shadow too, but it's literally just flat shapes. It's not, mm. there's no three dimensional stuff happening with this. At I'm all. suspicious of your description. He described fine. it. He described it to us in that very same way last uh, week. Okay. So I'm just using his description for his own artwork. He I'm going to trust wrong. the artist over you, Patrick. Um, this is getting aggressive. This is what this is what happens, Amy, when it goes freeform. <laughs> oh, sh- I know the wheels are coming off. Oh, the wheels are coming off. This whole thing. This is gonna be the last episode of the Master One podcast, but, um, but you know what? I've I've really I've kind of hearkened back to is very fine lined illustration. Ooh. I think for me, the thick, like the thick lines, not it, not um, not the, not thick lines like Draplin, like very graphic, but. Uh, but the thin lined illustration of like James Jean, I am like loving James Jean, what he's doing right now. I don't know if you've seen his stuff, but he's the one who did the official poster for, um, for shape of water. So of the, of the water creature and the, the woman embracing. So he, he did all that. And it's just this, this really soft, um, gentle, free flowing, uh, illustration, but it's so beautiful. I'm, I'm loving that right now. And I'm kind of done right now with the big, thick, chunky right. outlined graphic based, um, stuff. So, um, that's kind of what I'm loving and hating right now. All right. It's, it's so funny how cyclical design is though. Like the, we always need jerk react depending on where we've just been. So it's, that's always kind of funny. Like yeah. I was watching the golden girls the other day, which is, <laughs> this, I swear this is going somewhere, but like, if you watch the Golden Girls, their house is exactly what's in Urban Outfitters right now. Oh yeah, got, it's insane. Like those the the like palm frond bamboo wallpaper, all of that is like a direct pull from the Golden Girls set. Yeah. It's crazy. Wicker everything. A wicker everything. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just so funny how cyclical everything is. A- absolutely, and and there's nothing new under the sun, and it's and it will eventually swing back around. You know. And I think that's why I have such a hard time when people. Um, like this, like try to claim like that they started something like not even, not even, uh, John Contino uh, when he was on stage, if you noticed in his talk, he said, Oh, you guys were doing the uh, podcasting. But when he was talking about how he kind of got his start, he was like, Oh yeah. And then the hand lettering kind of became a thing. And I was lucky that I was there. Well, if anybody <laughs> started hand lettering, it was John Contino and he didn't even claim that. So it's really, it's hard for me when designers try to claim that they start something yeah. or they own something. Right. It's, yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. So on that note, you had a, uh, a question come up to you that you posed to us as a discussion question. So why don't you bring that up and let's dialogue about, uh, about that. Yeah, I was, I was on Twitter today and this girl, Allie Mounts, who's an amazing illustrator and designer, she's from Memphis and she was asking how to find a mentor. And it's funny cause I've looked for mentors and I've had people want me to mentor them. And I definitely have like a very specific opinion on how I think it should be done, but I'm always curious how, what other people think. Um, so I think that you should, or at least how I've done it in the past unknowingly was I would go to these designer meetups and then I would just be very transparent and just be like, here's what I'm doing and just be like really transparent about what I'm charging, like how I'm running my business. And then people will immediately knee jerk and be like, whoa, what? Like you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this. This is a much better way to do that. And I found that that's a much easier way to get advice than sending a three paragraph message over Instagram DMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Or, I think there's or strength. Just like, well, go, I was going to say, I think there's strength in numbers though, because I've heard some really terrible advice from designers that I, that they're great designers, but being a great designer and running a business. Like, so I, I think in terms of like swinging a pendulum all the time. And so sometimes there's a, for instance, there, there can be a, a need of, well, I don't want the client to take advantage of me. 
But then what happened is you what happens is someone swings the pendulum so far that they want a hundred percent payment up front. Right. And they want they so they want to put like all these bounds and they want to remove any type of empathy and any type of understanding with the client and just make sure like they're the ones that are set up to win and the client right. winning is secondary. And so I would just say with the advice stuff, so it, it goes into a lot of the how much you charge. So what you don't want, people don't want to be you know, bidding down to $10 for a logo and all that kind of stuff or doing spec work or whatever. But then the pendulum gets swung to, well, you need to charge at least 150 an hour and you don't give away any work, even if it's a nonprofit. And exactly. That's why I don't like giving advice over DM though. That's what I'm saying. I don't like when people ask me to be their mentor, I feel really uncomfortable about it because I'm like, I don't know you. I've never met you. And this is going to be really hard. But when you meet somebody at like a meetup or in real life and you just kind of are talking organically and and you don't just straight up ask, like, can you be my mentor? It's a lot easier to suss out. Like, does this person have the same goals as me? Does this person define success similarly to me? Um, and if like, if, if you're just being transparent about like what you're doing and you connect with somebody that like you look up to and they are giving you advice that really resonates, then it's kind of unspoken that they could be a mentor. If you, if they're willing to ask, answer your questions, then you just kind of keep, keep that relationship yeah. going and you just invite them to coffee. I, I think it's the worst idea though, to say, can you be my mentor? Sure. To me, that is so awkward and it puts so much of a pressure on you're the other without person. Without a relationship first. Right. Exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key of what we're getting at is become part of a community first for sure and then let that just develop organically yeah like see who you meet and see who connect with because yeah you can get such bad advice from people and i hate giving advice because like i don't know i don't know how what their business is i don't know how good they are i don't know like if they're a complete asshole like you know like people could be jumping shit from them for a number of reasons that i'm unaware of because i'm only getting one side you know sure would you tell someone would you if someone was just like uh they were having business trouble and you just realized like you're just a t- I hate your personality would you would you say that to someone in in some form of I words would. I would yeah I think there's oh, a way to say it like I think there's a way to say like you know um you're coming across you don't mean to and actually I've told Josh Reese of this a million times and he's completely like he has totally made a 180 I think a lot of people have said this to him and he he's not this person but he can be misconstrued when you first meet him as being a jerk mm. and it's not because he means to it's because he doesn't smile and when he watched one of his interviews he was like dude I look pissed off I'm like yeah it's it's not that you are it's just like you come off and so when he did his talk I was so shocked when he went down in the audience and was like doing the Ellen thing where he made people dance he like was really making an effort to be like I'm a friendly guy like I'm you know yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that's that that's what he looks like all the time. <laughs> right. And so, and especially when you're a guy from California who's worked at Nike, like you, it'd be easy to get a bad rap, you know? Sure. So I think, I think it's an easy way to just be like, yeah, you come off as kind of a jerk because, you know, you, and you don't mean to, you're not. It's just that you don't smile and, or whatever it is, you know? So what's the best way then for, for somebody who's, um, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. What's the best way for somebody who's listening who maybe isn't as doesn't have as much access, read, you know, readily available access to a community like you guys have connecting things and you guys have a bunch of friends in your area that you hang out with and design people that you trust in your general vicinity. Um yeah. and we do just based on what we do. We, we have proximity to a lot of people just given what we do. But there's people who are listening and watching this who live in Iowa or who live, you know, um, wherever where they don't maybe necessarily have that that uh, access. Yeah. How do they garner enough relational equity with somebody to get to the point where they can ask for that? That's and that is really tough because I totally understand that some people are in that boat. But that's why you got to get on Twitter. Like I didn't even know there was a design community. I didn't even know Josh Ruiz existed. I didn't know any of these people existed like ten years ago when I was living here. And and I just got on Twitter. I don't even know why, but I got on and I realized that there was like all these amazing designers that I really look up to that were just sharing free advice like every day. Like Raji and Justin Muzzle are constantly tweeting advice just for free. They're not charging any consultation fee. And if you write them back and ask them a question about what they've said, they are, they'll answer you within like five minutes. It's crazy. And so I think you just have to realize that there's a lot of, there's a lot of other ways besides just like going to a meetup if you can't do that. 
or like start your own meetup. Like I know right. Shana Parmesan, she was at Creative South a day early mm-hmm. and she threw yeah. her own impromptu drink and draw drink at, a, and draw, at yeah. a bar, right. which is like, you can do that. And I think Scotty from Perspective Collective, Scotty Russell, he did the same thing. He started throwing drink and draws and was like shocked at how many people in his town. I was actually thinking for... of Scotty when I said Iowa, because he's one right. of those people who right. a couple of years ago was completely, completely isolated, isolated and didn't have a scene to be a part of. And now he's very much a contributor to it, to oh, the, like, to the yeah, scene like, as, at large. He's like a hub now. Cause he's created a podcast where he can a- ask any question he wants to any of his design heroes. It's genius. Right. So here's the question then that, that, well, beg, that I, I want to jump in and make one more note before you ask your question, Andrew. Um, if, when it comes to starting community, the only thing I'll say, one, one issue we have here, so I'm in Chattanooga and Chattanooga is very much like kind of like an up and coming city. Like it's exploded a lot in the last five years and it's, definitely becoming a lot trendier and that kind of stuff. However, what's happening is a lot of the community feels like it's a grab by a company. It, you know, it's like, come to this event sponsored by so-and-so, and it feels like the the person putting it on is trying to take center stage versus the authentic community. So I would say for anyone that, that doesn't feel like there's a community locally, uh, it is possible that community exists and that you just haven't found it yet. But you need to, you need to, or I should say this, you can be the one to create it as long as oh, it's yeah. genuine, as long as it's from a point of, um, uh, I want this, I'm not trying to get anything out of it other than right. to meet like-minded people. I think that people sniff out if it's fake very, oh, very will. quickly. And I think that's the reason we haven't had a sizable community take off in Chattanooga because it hasn't felt genuine. Like nobody has felt that like genuine interest yet. So that's my note. It's the, yeah, it's the, and it's the, the, the absence of, um, the absence of ego, I think is what will help you yeah. get to that. Yeah. And, and if, and if you don't feel like that's there, then you can't trust the community that you're around. So, um, my question though is let's say, Here's what I'm hearing you say anyway. Would you be more in um, favor as opposed to doing a traditional mentorship where it's like, hey, I'm going to take you you know, under my wing. This is you coming under my wing, by the way. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. Um, under my wing and I'm going to show you the ways like a traditional apprentice, uh, you know, Padawan, Jedi Master oh. style deal. Um, or... Is it more about reaching out to the people that you respect and that you trust um, about specific things that you respect and trust about them and pulling that with uh, and curating it uh, and saying, okay, I really like how Amy can just go up and and connect with people. And I love the energy she brings on stage. I'm going to ask her about those two things, but I really love how bill can be very critical and not care about maybe the the feelings of the people in the room because he's, he has a critical eye and Mm -hmm. he also has the knowledge to back it up. So I'm going to talk to him about how he can do that. Are you saying that that maybe is a better approach these days for on the whole mentorship conversation? I think it's an easier way to get a mentor because I think a lot of people get scared at like, will you be my mentor? It feels like there's so much dedication of time implied to that. And a lot of people are afraid I I would, I haven't ever done it because I'm afraid I would let them down by not, dedicating what I should. But yeah, like if you just ask like the people that really resonate with you in different areas of their strengths, you know, specific questions, I think that's a really great way to get a lot of helpful information, um, without having someone feel like they have to like hold your hand. And I think you're just going to get a lot more response from that instead of just saying, Hey, will you be my mentor? And then getting a lot of no's or a lot of silence. Yeah. People have a, it's hard. I mean, you guys have like families, you have j- jobs and you're doing podcasts. Like you guys get it. We all get it. We have like a million things going on right. and not everyone can donate the time to be like an official mentor, but yeah. man, with the glory of Twitter, like you can get in touch with anybody and ask any question and most everybody wants to respond. Yeah. I think that's the, and that's the, the community that we're in. Right. And for the handful mm-hmm. of people who don't want to respond, that's fine. They don't Bye. have to, there's going to be, <laughs> There's going to be a whole bunch of other people. Luke who, Flowers will talk to you. He will. tweets once every three minutes. So Luke Flowers, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, dude, Luke Flowers. How does he get machine. any work done? Him oh, and yeah, Joey just, are this, they're this hilarious. But I'm like, how do they pump out so much work and have time to be so hilarious? He tweets like, with one hand and draws like the other. Six months of tweets or something because it's he has to. The volume's impressive. 
I, Dude, yeah. me and Jen workshop our tweets to each other. Nice. That, Do you? That's, how long hey, does you, it take to put together a tweet? It's so embarrassing, but and actually I've thought about sending a few to Josh because he's so hilarious, but he just, but he's like so funny and he just does his like off the cuff. So he's always telling me I'm too precious with mine. So you need like a half hour to put one together. Do you? Me and Jen will just like, if we can't get it in five minutes of like texting back and forth and it's just dead, it wasn't worth, it's, it wasn't meant to be. If it can't sustain the five minutes, it can't sustain living on the internet forever. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't deserve to be posted. That's a good litmus test. Write it and wait five minutes. If you go back and read it and it's still oh, funny, man. go ahead and post it. And if it's still like not offensive or like completely like, like, I don't know, out of touch, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to shift to our finals because uh, that's what we do when we've had you on the air for 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> and we want to be uh, aware of your time and be respectful of the people who are listening and keep all of it bite-sized. So um, I want to know, I'll just jump in. I want to know what your, your, you've, how many things have you spoken at in the last year? This isn't Gosh. the question. This is a precursor to the question. I'd say like 10. Okay, 10. What's the strangest experience you've had in the last year in, in those 10, uh, at those 10 events or 10 um, speaking engagements? What is the weirdest interaction you've had with somebody? Oh, dang. Oh, well, actually, when we were just in North Carolina, I kind of forgot how, like, the South, everyone's just like a casual alcoholic. And, <laughs> um, and like, we had it at a... And we had the event at a brewery. We had it at Sugar Creek Brewery, which was super cool. And the North Carolina AIGA crew is, like, the funnest crew. They they know how to have so much fun. They're all, like, just super lively, like, really really awesome people. And so um, at the brewery, we – I mean, people were having, like, three and four drinks. But then we also went to another brewery after to drink more. And this one guy was, like, five beers deep. And he shows up to the after party, which is supposed to just be for AIGA and um, – and the speakers and everyone's like, do you know who he is? I'm like, no, I thought he was with you. And he was just like some guy that just like tagged along. And then he's like, he was like, he had had six beers or something. And he was like about to get in the car to drive. I'm like, are you driving home? He goes, oh, I've only had six. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then he was asking, no, 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 no. I know. And then he goes, so what hotel are you staying at tonight? And I'm just like, no, no, uh, no. I don't even know how you got here. You like, even you see really nice. hotel. Like at that point, I just started ignoring him, and I was like, "Ryan, um, uh, yeah." Let me ask you this: Did he then back it up by saying, "But real quick before I head out, can I just take a picture of your shirt?" Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that creepy. So yeah, <laughs> nothing that creepy's ever nothing, happened. Nothing. I've never experienced anything. It that sounds gross. like in the in the fight or flight, you have flight. The fact that, that oh, he asked and you immediately was like, uh, "Let me go to someone else." Oh yeah, yeah I run except I can, for when it's with. When it's with business, like somebody tried to call us out for copying their work this week and it basically wasn't even like, it was so hilarious. They had a, they had a phrase TM trademarked, but we did, we, we just did like a quick sketch of it and then we realized it was trademarked and we took it down immediately. But then I just redrew it with a new phrase that had a word change, which I looked it up and they didn't have a trademark and he was trying to bully me. Oh man, me and Jen wrote him back the nastiest email. I was like, if you want to trademark that phrase, that's cool, but this has nothing to do with what you've trademarked. And it's like a completely custom script. Like, like try, try Bring to. It. Right. Bring yeah. And it. then he wrote back and he was like all apologetic and like trying to backtrack and all of this. Listen, and was what, like, you'll puff up. That, okay. you, you go, you go toe to toe. And he's from Newport Beach and he was trying to be like, Ooh. oh, we have friends in common. Like, I, you know, like if they knew what you were doing and I was like, do you want to play that game, buddy? Yeah, I run them. connecting things. I've got, I've let's got 300 people on my side. Yeah. So. Oh man. Oh man. That's a verbal bashing. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my, I guess my final question would be in writing the book with Jen, how did it work as far as like where content went? Did you guys have arguments on writing and, you know, was it oh, like, for sure. Uh, no, I think this should go here. I think that, like how long really has this process taken for the book to be completed? Oh my gosh. It's been like three years and like it, and it is a constant battle because it's like, oh, should this go here? And it's been such a labor of love and we want it to be really easy for people to read. Sure. So it's just like a constant, a constant battle. But, um, at the end of the day, I always defer to Jen on writing. She's mm. so funny. And I think that's the key to any partnership. Yep. Like I can see your guys' dynamic and it's very clear that you guys have figured out what works. Sure. And I think for us, as far as writing goes, I'm always like, you know what? This is what I think. But Jen, you're the much better writer. So like, I have to defer to yeah. you, unfortunately. Cool. Every time unfortunately. a creator finishes something, I just feel so proud of them. Because we're in an industry where a lot of people are great at starting stuff oh and gosh, not right? as good at 
at like actually completing the thing. Right, so I know. So cheers and that's my main fear. I'm like, Jen, everyone's going to think we gave up. Like I'm always riding her so hard to be like, we got to finish this. And she's like, don't you rush me. I'll do it when I do it. And yeah. Yeah. I've but heard we'll that one before, Jen. I know. Dude, Luke, just keep texting her. I've, I've uh, dispatched like at least seven designers to just harassingly text her, which I'm sure is really great for her writing process. <laughs> That's yeah. a great service. That's a service you should offer. Like you can pay right? like 15 bucks and I'll have seven people like hound somebody. Ride yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Publicly on Twitter. Hey, how's that book coming? Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard about the That's book in a great. while. What's going on? We can make it monthly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll go and jump in. So for my final question, I just want to know the, the dumbest thing you've ever made. Um, from the stamp, like a sunk cost, like something that you just saw to the end because you had just, like, you just felt this, like, um, need to just get it out the door. And then afterwards, you were like, nah, that's dumb. I don't know I'm why I'm a little I spent nervous that, that it's going to be agreeing to be on the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, I'm already pod committed, so I'll just stick around to the end. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, no, gosh, what is it? I'm honestly, my worst fear is that it'll be odds and sods. Like I'll hold on to it too long. Cause I'm always so afraid hmm. that the bottom of the pin market is going to fall out soon, yeah. you know, cause it's like so strong right now and that I won't know that it's happened and I'll have ordered like 50,000 pins and just be like, where who will I give this to? <laughs> like you know, like your friend who has starts yeah. a band when he's like twenty five, and then he when he's thirty, he throws away all of his old EP CDs. <laughs> yeah. How sad! To have to throw your own CDs away in the trash. Luke, My friend I've lived that took life. a video of I it. I have lived that life. When you try it's to take tough. them to Goodwill, but they won't even take them. They don't. Even I want still them. have. Yeah. Okay, so right here, if you can see it in that red like hardware case mm -hmm. i have a drawer with a pack of stickers in a band that i used to be in like just a pack of stickers that we never sold and i still have them it's that band was like was 13 stickers, years ago yeah. you just yeah. can't yeah. yeah it's like it's so hard to get rid of stuff like that it's just like it's like a part of you dies right. there are <laughs> well, so I many things even us that we've started that just really seemed like a good idea at the time and uh no one else thought so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was the end. <laughs> That's yep. That Good, was story. It. Good story. Good um, story. Pa Patrick has great uh, storytelling abilities. Okay, so yeah, thank you. Tell everybody where they can find uh, you and maybe when the book, when there is an idea of when the book is coming out and all that stuff going on record. Um, where they can find you, support you, they can do all the stuff that that would be good for their lives. Yes, it will 100% enrich your lives. We won't make you 20% as cool like Josh Ruzza will, but if you follow us, we will make you like 5% cooler maybe. I'll give you 10. Um, and you can find us at uh, Hoodspa Design, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. And then the book should be done before we head out to Memphis for Creative Works. We're doing a workshop there. Nice. So if you're in Memphis around May 11th and 12th, we'll be doing a workshop and a talk. And um, the book will be done by then. It'll be off to the printers. You can get a printed or e-copy. When, where will we, where, when and where will they be able to pick up, like if they're not going to see you in person, will they be, just be able to get it from your website? Will you? Yeah, you, know? you can order it on our website. So we'll have like a pre-order page and um, it should all be up in about like two weeks. Sweet. And did you guys do your own typesetting for it? Yeah. Okay. We, we grew up in editorial layout. So like we were right. super stoked to do, cause I actually, some of my design books are like so hard to read cause they got too fancy with it. It's like, yeah. it's surprising. Typesetting books is not easy it's and not, there's, it's there's an art different. to it yeah it, there is and especially like even how you print it like i have a book that's printed on fluorescent paper and i can read it for maybe 10 minutes it's so hard on your eyes yeah. so like even just little things like that is like it's, really interesting you guys have uh, an inside uh knowledge which will help the readers Absolutely. ultimately be able what's the do we have an idea of what the ultimate page count's going to be yeah it's going to be Size. about 100 170 pages okay. with 13 tear-out illustrations. Nice. So, like, 24 by 36, cool. right? It's a, yeah, 24 by 36 book. <laughs> okay. um, it's like pages. the old Rolling Yeah, <laughs> like the old Rolling Stones that you had yes. to like really have a wide yes. berth to open. Yes. You had to have an entire right. coffee table and it still oh, yeah. hung over the edges. Who has a coffee yeah. table? Everybody. Wait, do all of y'all have coffee tables? I don't I have yeah. a coffee table. I, I was don't. afraid to say, uh, but I do have a coffee table. I do too. Okay. Yeah. Patrick, don't you have a coffee table? Oh, no, you I don't. I gave it away. Uh, I did have one. I did have one, yeah. and I gave it away, and I regret it. I mean, I always want to sit stuff down, and then I just have to hold it. <laughs> I always oh. have coffee, and I'm like, I wish there was a table <laughs> for me I to sit. a handy table. 
man, this, if only something could exist in this, in this vicinity. All right, go find all of the stuff, uh, of the hoods. It's incredible. Go to Hoodspa Design Co. You can go to Odds and Sods, pick up, uh, some fun pins, uh, contribute to the, uh, to the craze that is putting food on their table, uh, yes, which please. is the, yes. Um, but, uh, but just go follow them. They're fun. They're super cool. If you're in an area where they're going to be, if you're going to be at Creative Works, um, or any of the other events where they're going to be, uh, make, make, time to get out there and get to them uh connecting things which is an event that they put on uh, in out in west uh, out in the west in yeah. california the, west, the wild west the wild Say west affirming um, things but don't compliment their work yes, yes please. That's it's what I, specific how you have to approach me right i'm a total yeah. diva now <laughs> um but the re- but just the reality is just hit them up they're incredibly cool they're incredibly fun thank you again for for hopping on and helping us but will you help us just a little bit more and help us pick our tokens for next week Oh, yeah. Okay. The tokens portion of every week is when we get to find out the categories that we'll be talking about the next week on our Master Category episode. Once we pick those categories, we pick our topics based off of those. It's totally random and totally fun. That's how it works. Amy, why don't you give us a number between one and three, and you'll be picking for Patrick. I'm going to have to go with three. Hmm. Three? Patrick, you get movies, my friend. Hey, thank you. Yes, congratulations. And uh, one or two, and you'll pick for me. I'm going to go one. Art and design, that means, Luke, you have toys and games. We all got our own categories. You're like our favorite kind of guest. The one who comes on last minute is super fun and gives us our own categories. (laughs) It's like... Hey, I'm happy to be here. It's everything that we could imagine. Killing it. Thank you again so much for uh, for being on. You can find them at Hutzpah. You can find us at M of One Podcast on all the different socials. Um, connect with both of us. You can find us on our Discord channel. Just go to mofonepodcast.com slash family to join the conversation there with people day in and day out, sharing their work, encouraging one another, showing funny memes, um, anything under the sun. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great place uh, to have a conversation with other creators especially if you're in a in a situation where you don't have people readily around you mm-hmm. it's a great source for feedback and uh critique and just being able to share with other people who are doing the same kinds of stuff as you all around the world um again that's some of one podcast.com slash family uh to join that conversation in there again you could support us on patreon go to patreon.com slash of one podcast to give us a few dollars um financially that helps a ton and you can become a part of our special patron um channel that's the word yeah uh and uh you get a couple of other things as well for being a patron and what else like subscribe share all the other stuff that you're supposed to do with all of the things that happen on the internet that don't cost any money do that help us us out in that way it's super helpful uh more than we could ever even tell you if you're not in this world you don't know but uh a like and a share and a comment and a review it does wonders it's it's worth its weight in gold so um if you could do that that would be super helpful otherwise i think we're gonna get out of this episode i'm andrew i'm patrick i'm luke and i'm amy peace out bye hold on to your butts shine on <laughs>